0: What's up, everybody? This is Grant at Cause Artist. Welcome to another episode of the Disruptors for Good podcast. Today, we're going to chat with David Simnick, the CEO and co-founder of Soapbox, which is a company that creates organic hygiene products. And for every sort of product sold, they donate to people in need, to organizations in need. And they've done that 10 million times. So it's been a uh, really, really remarkable story over the last decade for David and his team. They've uh, been through the ups and downs of of starting, you know, a business from scratch out of his kitchen. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's a really incredible story of, of perseverance, too. I think he, he really talks about and's honest about, you know, where they failed early on and then where they succeeded later on. And I think it's just some really, really interesting educational tips on being a social entrepreneur and really what to focus on and, and how, you know, impact is is sort of this, this driving force to become a better, you know, entrepreneur in general. And he talks about the impact that they have made and, and some of the statistics behind what happens when consumers buy from businesses who, who are building these ecosystems of giving back, I think it's uh, really, really like impressive, and we're finally getting data back that shows when we buy from you know social impact brands, what actually happens on the back end from an impact point of view. Not only globally, but here locally in America, it's a really powerful conversation. I, I, I love geeking out over a lot of this this stuff uh, around e-commerce and branding, and you know the impact model of. of they're working with it with organizations and how they have really really uh really worked together um with organizations who are doing amazing work it's uh it's really just been a really cool journey for for david man i'm so happy for him and his team and he turned down an acquisition offer right and we go over how that process was like and how tough it was or <laughs> how gratifying it was that he that he didn't take it and, and some of the thought process behind that so hope you enjoyed the conversation Hope everybody's staying safe and and healthy of course and as always grant at com if you have any questions or remarks or people you you think might be interesting for for the show also check out investing in impact the new podcast that we have that where i interview a bunch of people from the finance side of things and what their thought process is like and investing in social you know impact companies and, and social entrepreneurs also have a new podcast called tools for scale where i I talk about a lot about these digital tools that I use that cause artists, but other people are using and the power that these, these products have to help you grow, you know, your online business or, or just your company in general, whether you're brick and mortar or online, there's so many amazing tools out there that, that we can all use to grow our brand and our business. And it's, it's, it's been a really kind of a side pressure project or mine. So I'm, I'm finally glad that, that that's, uh, that's, you know, coming out and, it is out. So you can subscribe to that as well. Tools for Scale. Again, thank you for, for all the support, all the feedback. It's been, it's been a great journey. I can't wait to, to share more things that we have coming out. And I think it's just going to be a really great future ahead for, for Cause Artists and, and hopefully for the industry. Um, so hope everybody's doing well. Talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. So how I usually like to uh, start these conversations is just about an individual's journey. Uh, usually, when I when I I talk to people, they're sort of in their sort of life's work mode. Is is a big word, right? But I mean something that they've dedicated a lot of their life to, at least, right? So let let's let's talk about. I guess we could go back, maybe start at the time. Look like Teach of America and the founding of Soapbox kind of blended together a little bit. So do you want to talk about that? That sort of origin story of, uh, of, I guess how 2010 was like, seemed to probably be a pretty hectic year for you.
1: Yeah, it was, so I'll take you all the way back, Grant. Okay, let's do that. Um, so it's 2009 and I was working for the United States Agency for International Development, and I wanted to change the way that we were uh, building a bunch of water sanitation and hygiene. Okay. Um, so I was, I was working at this, like this, subcontractor for the united states agency for international development and i was the lowest of low on this totem pole at this one organization and they had me researching previous projects that either were a success or you know had a long way to go and uh i would just read these massive reports trying to find chief of parties which basically were like we're project leaders that then we would reach out and see if they wanted to be bid on a project that we were trying to go after, and they just like they were good people, and everything was fantastic. But in all of these after-action reports, I kept on reading. I was like, you know, there's, it just doesn't seem like we're focusing a lot on hygiene, whereas there was a lot of growing focus on water. Mm. Um, there wasn't so much on sanitization, and I got to give the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation a lot of credit because they drove a lot of focus towards how important sanitization is in terms of people's health and public health. Mm -hmm. Um, But there just wasn't a lot of focus on hygiene back in 2009. So I called up one of my best friends and I said, hey, we're going to start a soap company and every time we sell an item like Tom's Shoes, we're going to donate a bar of soap. And he was like, what? You, what I mean, the, you get the, over- the normal response, <laughs> yeah. And well, I mean, I think the other, like he was just like, I don't know if you've heard of these companies called Unilever or Procter Gamble
0: or
1: Kobe <laughs> Palmolive, you know, they're just kind of small. He's like, Well, how, how are we going to survive and, and thrive and, and fight against these massive behemoths? And uh, with a lot of gumption and a ton of hubris and little know how, uh, I just Googled how to make soap, started making it in my kitchen. I kid you not, literally <laughs> started a miniature fight club in my college house while all being 22 years old. Which the funny thing about all this, Grant, is that like people legit thought I was starting a fight club. Like Just a couple explain. of my friends, like would co- like they came up to me and they're like, yo, dude, I'm in. I'm like, what are you in on? Like, if you want to come to the like the traders market or the farmers market <laughs> with me and like help me sell some soap and they're like, cool, cool. Good cover. Good cover. And I was like, "What? Why are you taking your shirt off? This is weird." Yeah. So, and then I think I think the other funniest part of this is, and it's absolutely true, is my landlord. I'm pretty sure thought I was making meth because,
0: like, you, that, you I can see it, that
1: you're totally like, you know, it's and thankfully Breaking Bad wasn't that popular, uh, <laughs> and I don't even know if it was out by then. But the point is, is that people like. People assume that I was either trying to fight them or sell them meth, which were like the farthest thing away from this do gooder idea of I want to sell natural personal care products uh, that then can fuel giving back. We started with incredibly humble origins and just kept
0: on growing. When you called your your friend, did he eventually? Is he the eventually come on as as a partner, as a, as a co founder, or did he? Was he just there for you to be like? No, don't do this and then that was it you never heard from him again <laughs> or is he- i i wish um so so eric not i wish
1: that like i i wish eric were still a part of the team today um but eric and then dan joined soonly thereafter and then stephanie joined about a year in those are the original four we kept on building it for the first year and a half two years and then stephanie was like i want to go back to grad school um, I was a teacher uh through the Teach for America program. And then uh Dan and Eric both were IBM consultants. And then, you know, at the beginning of 2013, uh Eric got us on a phone and was like, hey guys, I don't I don't think I want to do this full time. So we just kept on on building and growing and and uh you know eric and i are still best friends stephanie and I are still best friends we all text pretty frequently and and just stay in each other's lives i was the de facto uh i was a part of of both wedding parties of both eric <laughs> and, and stephanie so that's good uh but i but i think what's really interesting is the 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 most important decision i will say this time and time again that you could make as a Early entrepreneur is who you building this with, because mm-hmm. I am straight up work married to Dan Doll. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I huge man. I, yeah, but I, but it's also like I know how to order for him in every type of genre of restaurant. I know what upsets him. I know his sleep schedule. I know, like you know, like I know what will make him happy. Like it just <laughs> you, you get so you're just in the trenches. There are weeks that he spends more time with me than he does his actual family and wife. Yeah. Oh no. I, I so I believe that. Yeah. And to. and you get right. And and I think I think also that you will the person that you choose as your co-founder, like you will start to become more like and they will become more like you. So so do do they have abilities and strengths that complement your weaknesses and vice versa. And I can say, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that that Dan Dahl is a better man in a lot of ways than I am. Therefore, thankfully, over the years, I've I've started to become more like him, and I, I would hope that he would say the same
0: about me. The origin stories to me are are, are just the, some of the most important most important ones, and and I think what now back in two thousand, you know, nine and ten, there wasn't. I mean, I think the whole reason I started Cause R C is because I saw these startups coming out of sort of the Toms revolution of, of that sort of idea of a business model, right? And, and sort of seeing how impact models change now, you know, over time. But I thought the, the one thing you said was interesting was that from day one, it was sort of going to be an impact brand, right? At the foundations uh, of the company. And and when you said, hey, when, when uh, you know, Eric said, you know, did you hear Unilever? Did you hear all these companies out there? And I, I would say that, yeah but your focus was totally different right and and from even even back then when you were so young and youthful did you did you see that there was a market there for that and that's why you were super super like passionate and confident that like it would work because we just need a little piece we don't need all the piece of you to leave. we just need like one percent of their sales
1: I still, to this day, have no idea how I had that much confidence that we somehow (laughs) are going to do this. And I think, you know, it's one of those strange, so, so we've experienced phenomenal growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and it is humbling to now know that our company is bigger than some other companies that I, that I've looked up to for years. Right. And the good that we're able to do is equivalent to in terms of the actual monetary grant writing that we're able to do every year is equivalent to like a small family office wow um which that that is my dream come true Mm -hmm. like that is our dream was how can we help worthy 501c3s get out of the process of holding galas Mm -hmm. and trying to raise more money and have them just focus on better more sustainable community-led strategies to genuinely empower people through health and hygiene especially
0: especially now when they can't meet you know with i mean grant
1: Grant, we've been telling people to wash their hands (laughs) for 20 seconds for 10 years and all of a sudden like so i say this with I say this with a gigantic caveat. We wish COVID never happened. Of course. Right. No, like, uh, uh, yeah. like there is there is tremendous loss and and suffering that has happened. And but there have been super funny moments where people now have come to us and they're like, Hey, we really care about health and hygiene. And we know that you care. And like, we've been telling you guys to care about health and hygiene for 10 years. And yeah. I feel like the vindicated hipster. Right. That like is like I was like, I've been saying this. <laughs> I found this underground band. I said they were cool <laughs> for years. Years. <laughs> I saw them when they only had a crowd of like 20 people. <laughs> like, you know, like it's so so, anyways, uh, and then I think another funny moment that's happened is like my friends have called me out of nowhere, and I almost feel like that breaking bad like story all over again because okay. people have been like Yo, Dave, I hear you have soap. I'm like, first off, I haven't talked to you since high school. <laughs> like what type of transaction is it? like, same thing with hand sanitizer. Like one of my friends text messaged me a couple of days ago, even in June, and I was like, yo, you have hand sanitizer. I was like, dude, go to our website. <laughs> Go to go to any of the retailers who stock our product. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, but do you have hands
0: like, like, you come get it from your house. Like, or, yeah. Or, <laughs>
1: it was like, it was like, when can I stop
0: by? I was like,
1: go to our website. I was like, I won't. Like, this is not. I'll meet you by the corner. Like, bring like
0: dollar bill. You know, like what? Yeah. How early no. on was the the nonprofits? Did you seek them out? Did they seek you out? Like, how early on was? Was that part where you could where where the company was at a place right where you could actually make those commitments?
1: Yeah, so I've done a I've done a terrible job telling this story. Um, The whole reason was to start a company that did one for one. Everything that we sold was supposed to be a natural product that we felt really excited about. The products have always been of stellar quality. We've never wavered on that. The design has improved greatly. Our first design sucked. Our Second design sucked, our third design sucked, our fourth designs somehow sucked even more.
0: <laughs> that, <laughs> that, I love like, how you showcase it on the website too. Like, I'll link to it in the show notes, but like, you go through the history of like <laughs> the, the size so is so great. It's pretty funny. It was, it was pretty look,
1: funny for any social entrepreneur, for any entrepreneur out there that's listening to this program. So bad. It was, it was just,
0: and maybe it's a case like, study one day. It's It's all right, it's all right. I work know, out, right. It.
1: It's just like, I think if our story should be a lesson towards any one principle, it should be about resilience.
0: Mm, great point.
1: We, we've got up and dusted ourselves off after getting kicked off the horse so many times. And so many times we should have failed that people who we respected told us to like, hang it up, go home, try something different. Don't waste your time. And just time and time again, we just kept on being like, no. We're gonna do it. We're gonna try again. We're gonna launch a new brand. We're gonna go after this account. And and thankfully, in 2017, we had some pretty wide distribution with really bad branding. We started losing those accounts because we knew that the branding just wasn't gonna hold. And and to the whole team's credit, and Dan's and Janet's and Jessica's, and now we've hired a, a lot more people, uh, and especially Billy Collins, who was with us at the time in terms of, of helping us create uh, new branding and, and shepherding through that whole marketing process. We worked with a phenomenal marketing firm. But anyways, point is 2017 was really dark. Uh, someone came and offered us an acquisition offer. It was a really bad offer, but it was something and we were like, well, maybe this is it. Maybe right. we should you know, go and do something else and take all of this validated learning and put it towards something different. And uh, thank God we said no. Because we kept on getting the the response on this new branding, which is the branding that you see today, that it would do phenomenally better than what we currently had in market. But it was really difficult because we're like, do we believe in these reports, or do we like, you know, just do we just try to land the plane as softly as possible into this acquisition? But we but we believe the reports because the people who were trying to acquire us kept on changing the deal. So we were just like, I don't know if we necessarily want to go work for these people right. because every time we talk to them, the deal just keeps getting worse. So. <laughs> it was it was hysterical at one point and and actually sending that email where we turned it down might be one of the best moments of my life do you still have i remember i oh go ahead you still have it do you still have the email oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah (laughs) Print that bad boy out
1: (laughs) yeah dude i just i i went to like 11 right there but like no like so okay so we we press send on that email i shut the laptop and then like all of a sudden you know the rush of like yeah, is like then goes into like
0: oh no (laughs) (laughs) all the the problems i was gonna take a vacation
1: yeah um so so we launched a new brand in 2018 and we start seeing light at the end of the tunnel we start seeing really good momentum and progress 2019 we had a lot of successful launches with new customers and deepening relationships with current customers and then 2020 happens, and we were, we had all these really deep relationships with all of these customers that we had broken bread and had many cups of coffee with. And like they trusted us, they knew us, we knew them. And then we were already set up in their system. So, as COVID started to pick up, they were like, like, we need as much liquid hands up as possible. And like, well, we also can make hand sanitizer. We've we've had that in our production schedule. Mm -hmm. And and you know, what a future production of uh new items. And they were like, Yes. And we'll we'll take like millions of units. And we're like, Okay, all right. Um so (laughs) what'd
0: you say? Oh shit. Now we gotta go actually Yeah absolutely. Yeah. I was like I'm
1: not like I feel completely fine swearing. I think the word was more of the F variety. Yes, but sure. we sure. we literally on like I remember one of the first calls we had uh was with Wegmans and we were like, All right, cool. So Wegman's we can get you these fifty thousand liquid hand soaps like no problem. And they were like, Cool. And we're like, so we also make hand sanitizer. Like, how many of those would you want? And they were like, All right, a million. And we were like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> what? Did you I mean just we went from 50,000 liquid hand slips to a million hand sanitizers. And, and uh, they were like, yeah, no, like if you can do it. And we were like, yes, we, we can do this. And like we hung up the phone and we're like, can we do this? We're like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we can. So we I think what happened is in a very short amount of time, our company and our ability to give grew very rapidly over the past couple months. And now that has built a platform of how we can expand and grow the brand into the places that we've always wanted to be and to support it um with the marketing efforts and the awareness driving efforts that we've always wanted to do. So what that means is that you know we are we're going to grow we it took us 10 years to donate 10 million bars this year alone we should be able to donate 15 million. Jeez. Which is awesome. Yeah. Like that is that is so exciting. So the
0: model has the model the impact model has stayed the same
1: from day one,
0: day one. That's pretty powerful, man. Let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I think uh, being sustainable as a company is especially as like a, you know, a social enterprise a, a impact brand. I think we, we so bad, I think want to be able to, to make that impact, you know, first, but I think being 10 years in it, I, I think probably after year two, you're like, okay, I need to focus on the business. 80% of the time, and maybe the impact 20% of the time rather than the reverse. Because in order for that impact to happen, the business has to obviously succeed. So how has, I guess, from your perspective, taking a step back now, right, 10 years later, ha- have you looked back at, at the impact that has been made and kind of pat yourself on the backs of that, a bad term, right? But take a deep breath and be like, man, we really did something like really cool. Like we're still doing it, right? But like, I think taking the time to reflect on you know, impacting people's lives in in a small way, whether big or small doesn't matter because a small thing could be a big thing to another person, right? What has been like the reaction from your impact partners, right? Whether it's here in America or, or globally, what what have over the years, have you heard back from them? Like just feedback and, and sort of just discussions with them have to be pretty powerful. That's a great question, Grant. Um we
1: are incredibly honored and privileged to work with so many amazing partners. And the feedback that that we've gotten is that the work that they're doing, the work that our customers make possible, because the way that we view ourselves is we're just a conduit, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, someone's on a shelf, right? And they move their hand six inches over to the left. Instead of like buying like a dove product, they buy a soapbox product that enables someone to get access to health and hygiene in india Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. down the street at the local homeless shelter right you know it could could be either um and one of the things that we do is on the back of each and every one of our our products is something called the hope code Mm -hmm. and you can actually take that unique code on that one particular item to our website punch it in and see exactly where that other one for one goes Hmm. so i think i think for us our commitment to our customers for that transparency transparency is incredibly important. What's so cool is our our partners basically come to us and they're like, hey, we have this big, bold, crazy idea in terms of aid partners uh-huh. uh, and we want you to fund it. And most of the times, because we've we've had four or five years and we've done audits and they've been audited by Charity Navigator and GuideStar mm-hmm. and all these other ones. And we're just like, great, do it. That's awesome. Do it. We'll fund it. Mm-hmm. So, um, some statistics that I think are absolutely insane and that like get me out of bed every morning. We saw an 85% reduction on diarrhea-related illnesses hmm. um, in a six-month longitudinal study in two of the most eastern provinces of India, where it was us, it was the it was Rotary International, and it was I'm forgetting the other partner. But basically Clean the World was our implementing partner that we then funded all the soap for that to happen over six months. This was tens of thousands of children, of which the study was done over. And if you see an eighty-five percent reduction in diarrhea-related diarrhea illnesses, of which diarrhea di- blah, 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 diarrhea caused death oh, yeah. is one of the top five reasons why children die in the world. Right. Yeah. So, like
0: so so the crazy like thing, malaria then like diarrhea it's crazy right yeah, yeah.
1: which makes no sense yeah which crazy. makes no sense right like you have malnutrition you have acute yeah. respiratory diseases like that it just it doesn't make like children should not be dying right because they can't get access to clean water and hygiene mm-hmm. right children shouldn't be dying for any of like preventable reasons in the first place but but because of soap right right, right. or water like that 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 is just in my opinion, that's an inefficiency in the global supply chain. Yeah. No. That totally. is caused by politics or is caused by mismanagement or inequity or whatever, however the lens you want to do that. So for us, it was always just like, cool, what if you could actually turn what some people think is this big, bad, terrible thing of capitalism into an engine that actually like funds back into the inequalities that this system creates? Mm-hmm. And and I'm a capitalist. Like I like yeah. I love seeing capital work efficiently.
0: Yeah. I just
1: love also seeing people care as the more educated that the consumer base gets about where they're spending their capital, because you change where someone spends their
0: dollar, and you can change social good. You can change the anything, anything, any problem, any problem in the world can be changed by consumers shifting their consumer power and dollars. I mean, that's just, that's just a fact, you know? I mean, it's just, the consumer dollar is more powerful than your vote. I mean, that's, however dark you wanna think that is or, or, or depressing, whatever, at this moment in time, it is more powerful because you actually can change somebody's life by buying from, a certain brand or a certain way you buy a product. And I think it's, it's a bit, I've been doing cause ours for seven years, right? So I was a little bit right behind you, Uh, but just in, you know, the last decade to see the shift in, you know, consumer habits has been, has been huge, right? has been massive. And I I would say that these partners that you're talking with there, there's probably no way they could have done the impact that they have done without consumers shifting their buying habits, right? Which then trickles down to that 85% figure. And I'm sure there's endless figures that we could talk about, right? That, that comes off the back of that. It, it is a, it's, I'm going to sound
1: like a broken record. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said, uh, but it is a privilege and honor to work with the people that we do and the team that I'm
0: humbled to work with here. Let's talk about the growth for a little bit just some 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 bigger some business questions a little bit is retail i think is is weird because we look at retail as being not not dead but it's slowed down in like certain sectors but you see sort of grocery right like the the food and, and beverage industry kind of that retail industry exploding a little bit so like from the business side like online versus retail obviously 2020 is a bit will be a bit abnormal and a blip on the map i'm sure for for a lot of balance sheets and things but but why grant i don't understand i'm just kidding <laughs> joke, joke. um but but like before before covid or even like now would you say retail was was 70 sales and it was 30 percent online vice versa like how have you seen the balance of of sales been maybe the last sort of three years and then obviously this year being a little bit of anomaly but there might be some some things there that that you know, will be the same in the future.
1: We are, so Soapbox is in a really strange position because now we span so many different verticals. Mm-hmm. I was, I was totaling this up earlier and we span seven different verticals. And by vertical, what I mean by that is like, okay, so uh, a vertical for us would be retail, like right. brick and mortar, food, drug, mass club, what usually people consider retail. And then another one for us would be, uh, office channel. So Mm -hmm. office channels like WB Mason or like SP Richards or ascendant or, um, office max office depot staples, like that kind of office channel, um, our e-commerce partners, so Grove box.com I can't like box.com are there's some of the most down to earth
0: level-headed amazing partners we have every time i hear about it it's the same thing man they are just kind of this underground i mean they are behemoths right but like they they see the don't get put up there with the big boys like like, it's it's weird but yeah they are phenomenal man they're phenomenal. Uh, they do grove grove grove.com uh
1: grove.co they're phenomenal partners um so so like the e-commerce partner channel yep like not our site yep or sites yep um so retail, office, e-commerce, um, another one for us is hospitality. We do a lot of work with Marriott um, mm. and also Lifetime Fitness. We do all of their shampoo, conditioner, body wash. Um, so obviously that channel has been heard. What about schools? Universities? We don't do schools or universities yet. Um, we might, in a weird, strange way, actually take care of them through the office channel. Okay. Um, so basically they are then fulfilling there, but we don't go after, like, we don't, we're not a Jansan provider in mm-hmm. terms of like, we don't have boots on the ground out there, like, you know, scrubbing latrines or, or you know, uh porta potties or, well, urinals. Uh, sure. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> so, so there's a couple other channels that we exist in. Um, but I think one of the interesting things about our brand is because of the mission, we are able to play in all of these. Whereas most brands will straddle two or three channels, right. or just focus all on one. So because of that diversification, like we now have been able to grow at a much faster pace when any one vertical starts to slow down or have a blip to it. And I think, you know, for us, we out of all the different brands that exist in in the health and hygiene space or like, you know, health and beauty is usually what the category is called from like a Nielsen or IRI standpoint, Hmm. like we were the oldest um, one for one. So, So we've had some time, you know, I wish that we could have gotten our branding right from day one. Sure. If we would have done that grant, we would have had a gigantic leg up in terms of getting to market faster and all these other things. But
0: let me ask you why why was that why was that so difficult i think like in the in the you know or why did it take so long to get to get that part right um we didn't know any better
1: (laughs) that's that's the that's the honest truth we didn't know any better and we also took some bad advice and sure the learning curve was not fast enough for us and then i think the other thing is is that like if you're a d to c brand well, if you're if your product is zero and ones, right? If you're creating an app or you're creating a website and somehow right. like or a SaaS product or whatever it might be, you can legitimately reinnovate or change the product overnight. Yep. Great point. Um you can't do that when inventory is sitting on someone's shelf. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. gonna take months, if not years, mm-hmm. to try to change that. Uh there are great things about consumer product goods. And there are tough things about consumer product goods. So what I don't envy in all my other friends who are tech entrepreneurs is that you can wake up and Google is now doing your thing for free. Right? And you're yeah. like, you're like, oh, right, like, right. Well, yep. Good game, everyone, Let's pack it up. But for for CPG, at least you have a little bit of a heads up. Like you can kind of see where things are going and or where few periods are happening. Um, but and the other great thing about CPG or consumer product goods is that uh, uh, the mem- the momentum builds upon itself, right? So it's really difficult to have an overnight success. Meaning, like within a year, you're like, whoa! And most of the brands that people see that are overnight successes are actually like ten or fifteen year brands that they just realize now exist. Um, Shea Moisture was around for twenty five years. And people were like, oh, man, you hear this new brand called Shea Moisture? I'm like, yeah, Ritual has been doing this for 15 years. Like, it, it. there are a couple brands like Ollie, which is O-L-L-Y, yep. um, that was started by an industry veteran who had been doing it for a decade plus. Like, Eric, Launch Method, School of Hard Knocks, learned a lot of hard lessons, but had a phenomenal relationship with Target, the retailer, and then basically saw a whole area within that store that was ripe for disruption i.e vitamins and he was like the consumer is not resonating with this because the front of pack is not communicating clearly to the yeah. consumer I
0: mean ollie does i mean when you walk in they have like seven right. different types of vitamins and every right. single one is branded to that particular right. focus that right this vitamin right. does
1: <laughs> um, rx bar another great yeah. example of like a like you know they were chugging along for like a year uh, and I think it was like a year or two years and their branding company that they worked with, that was the insight. The insight mm-hmm. for them was, uh, they always wanted to put their ingredients on the front of the pack. Like they had that insight, the marketing agency just made it in, Look, in a much more beautiful package yeah. that then immediately connected to someone. They were like, that's what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then they also caught the paleo trend. yep, Uh, and, and, you know, often away they go. And I think that the other one that I like to refer back to in consumer product goods is, um, Halo or Halo Top ice cream. Okay. I mean, th- they're, they, de- they're, <laughs> they're big insight.
0: Oh, what'd you say? They're delicious. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah. But 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 what's interesting about that grant is like their whole their innovation was that on the front of the pack, they put the thing that people how many actually, cal-
0: calories calories right many right have, yep.
1: Because yeah. everyone eats a pint, right? You don't buy a pint and eat half a pint. Yep. Like people <laughs> buy a Ben and Jerry's pint and they eat the whole thing and then they feel bad about uh, it. Yeah. Halo Top was like, we need to communicate the thing that people matter care about most, which surprisingly is not, this is going to taste delicious. It's going to, you don't need to feel bad about eating this whole thing, which we know you're going to eat anyways. Yep. Right. And like those disruptive consumer insights, when you get that right, that's where like, you can have a one and two year ramp.
0: You see it it with the, with the seltzer industry does, uh, I think a very similar thing where on the front, it's like, this is 99 calories, right? Like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like you have to do that now, right? It's almost like the the trend is, is becoming the norm, which I think is, is, is great, right? Because I think it's no different than looking on somebody's website, right? Like you get what? Three, three to maybe five seconds where a person might just jump to the next one. It's the same thing with, with uh, consumer products. I mean, you get that three seconds and then just like you said, you can move your, your hand six inches over and it's a completely <laughs> different, different story, right? Different brand, different everything. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's, it's no different than looking at a website, how fast you can move on to somebody else's website. It, it's the same now with, with uh, package products. But look, I think, innovation in that space is 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 can be a powerful thing too right i mean to be able to speak that quickly to somebody and them not even buy it like let's just say in your case right them not even them just buy it because they like the product they like your messaging they like what you're saying not even knowing the impact behind it is what separates brands right right (laughs) when that's just secondary and you already have them then they find that out. I mean, that's, you know, customer for life most likely.
1: Grant, I'm I'm gonna say this, especially because of your podcast and what you stand for and what R stands for. People don't buy soapbox. And I would argue that people don't buy Warby Parker mm. and people didn't buy Tom's because of the mission. They bought them because they wanted the product first and foremost and and it was funny i was listening to uh, another podcast uh where um impossible the meatless mm-hmm. meat company
0: mm-hmm.
1: was talking about how when they designed the impossible burger how they had to make it not just as good but better than meat mm. and they had to imitate all the things about meat so that meat lovers actually thought it was meat and and uh the host was like well why didn't you just say it wasn't me like why and he was like because in order to actually see a reduction in greenhouse gas because cows and cattle and livestock you know are a huge contributor to that and then also you know to perpetuate and build this idea of uh, a more just world to you know our our animal friends uh they needed to actually subvert consumers into into making them choose a vegan option yeah i don't think that we're that devious uh (laughs) i don't think that soapbox is out here tricking people into into one for one uh and or helping their neighbor who they do not even know right um but i but i think that we lead with it's not about, it's not about cause. You're not here for cause. You're here for an amazing deep conditioner. Let's get Take care of your hair and, and make you think that you're on a, an island with coconuts. Mm. Like that's, that's yeah. the point. That's the yeah. product promise. Yeah. The cherry on top is as you said, when people find out they're like, oh, I did something good, right? Like that's because they're not in the shampoo aisle and they're not in the liquid hand soap aisle to donate to charity. Most consumers think that they already do that enough. Like that's that's where their head's at. Mm. So they're there to buy for themselves. and You need to hit everything that they care about in the hierarchy of which they care about. And then the chair on top is the
0: fact that they get back. But I think every uh, company that we're talking about here, it kind of goes back to what we said, is that using really good design is paramount, right? Like I think the one thing that I hope people maybe get out of this conversation is that invest in that early on, um, especially if you're in the package space, because like you said, it's not, you can't, you can't change, you could change a website overnight, but you can't change your inventory <laughs> overnight. And I think it's such a powerful point you made, man. And, and learning stuff like that, the hard way, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, and, and you being honest about it is, is, is going to really help a, a ton of people especially like in the impact space to to understand that the business side of things the the traditional business mechanisms that has for good or bad made capitalism what it is right it it wor- it get it gets people to buy stuff right it does a really good job at that <laughs> so if we can take that ideology and put it into a better space that's when Things really, really change and really, really get better for not not only good in the world, not only people who need it, but also it puts capitalism in a better place, and it helps right. capitalism stay alive <laughs> right right we, that's, a, that's another main point here we have to we have to reframe I think it's our job to reframe what, what capitalism can be right It's like America it's an idea that it's not quite finished yet. it can be something a, a more perfect union.
1: <laughs> that we always strive for. And I think, you know, Grant, to to all your points, like, absolutely. Uh, and I think one of the things that you said is that, like, how do you make a system better? One of the things that I've noticed is that consumers, like, a purpose behind your brand are like table stakes. Like, it's just like, like millennial consumers and Gen Z consumers. And like, that is just like, cool. So how is your brand? through the production of more plastic bottles yep. and, and putting more stuff that people probably don't need on a shelf, what is your existence or reason for existence? Like, why should I, why do you need to exist?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> no, it's, it's a phenomenal, like, and I think it's one where, you know, like, not to get way too deep, but like throughout college, I was trying to figure out like, what do I want to do? Because I knew, I knew enough about myself that I love to work Mm -hmm. and I love to be committed to a cause and I want to be committed to something that I want to spend day, night, and weekends working towards that I could justify was worth all the time and effort I was going to put into. And making money for my own personal gain just never did it for me. Like it never like clicked, and I was like, "Yeah, like I want to do that because I don't like fancy cars, and I don't need a gigantic house, and I and I buy clothes I think about once a year, because like I'm like, oh, this stuff has holes in it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's it's about that time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe this like war tenon flag should not be what I'm like wearing (laughs) to this meeting. Um, so like I just for me." you i needed to find something that actually genuinely was was worth it and i just i kept on going back to like there are people who care about really nuanced issues and or getting greater education equality or you know getting uh women as they should to be paid the same as men and all these incredibly valid causes that i was like yeah I could get behind that, and I I could do that, and and then I just kept on going down like Maslow's hierarchy of needs to where I finally was just like, no child should die from diarrhea. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and like I'm like, cool. If I'm gonna spend the right. next X amount of years of my life, and I thought I was only gonna be spending like five, I was just like, oh, we're gonna start soapbox and it's gonna do great, <laughs> and like I'm gonna like, you know, we're you know, we're gonna. Get acquired by blah, 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 blah. And like, it's, it's going to be great. And like, you know, 10 years from that day, and so it's like, hey. Um, but like, for me, I want to do this for the next 10. Uh, and, and, you know, if we were to find a strategic partner that could amplify our mission, then great. That's wonderful. Yeah. But, but like, I love what we do. The best part of my job is working with our aid partners. We hired an impact coordinator. uh, Her name's Cecilia. She's phenomenal. Um, She gets to have the best job in the company, in my opinion, and that's interfacing and working with all the different amazing partners that that we then get to see doing phenomenal things. Um, And and our customers make all of that possible. So that's just that, like, you want to get out of bed in the morning, it's just like knowing that and I say this to my team: we don't know their names, and we don't know their faces. But if you just look at statistics and the amount of bars of soap that we have donated and hygiene programs that we funded, I know for a fact that our consumers have saved lives, mm-hmm. and that—that that is just—that will get you through any bad day.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's in and after after this, I'll I'll, in, I'll I'll wrap it up and end it on the 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 future question as we're talking about, you know the next five to 10 years or so. But uh, I think the one thing you said, I think it's it's really important for, I think, companies to understand that maybe they can't do both at scale. Maybe they can't do impact by themselves at scale and do business themselves at scale where having a real, real deal strategic partner in the impact space, let them do what they do. I think, I I, I just love the model of, You know, I think you see companies maybe spin off their own nonprofit, right, within, you know, their company structure. And it's like, it might be tough to do everything really, really good. Uh, But I think having, seeking out their strategic nonprofit partners, you know, having one person that is a liaison to them and they sort of like really, really, that's just what they do every day. To me, that's the perfect marriage of how the business can stay and stay sustainable from a business side. As you scale, the impact could scale as well, because you're you're not gonna deal with that full time. That's that's your partner's job, right? Which is which is great, man. I, I think a lot of a lot of companies should take should take uh notice of that. But we'll end on the future, man. And I know it's tough in in, in this era of what is tomorrow gonna bring. It it's hard to look at the next, you know, three to five to seven years, but I I'm sure you've had discussions, I'm sure you've had some team meetings about, and just personally, you know, you know, inside that you have conversations with yourself, you know, what does, what are some of the missions and maybe goals for the next, you know, five years, let's say, and, uh, and what does that look like as much as you can divulge, I guess?
1: Yeah, no. So, so we, um, shocker. Uh, because I know that you probably would want to talk about some of this stuff earlier, but I know that we're we're coming on time and, and also for anyone still listening, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate appreciate you listening to my overhypeness. You're like, settle down, soap man. Settle <laughs> down. That <laughs> <laughs> when you're laughing at your own joke. Anyway, point is um we actually own a uh a overall company called Impact Driven Brands impact different brands own Soapbox. We started with Soapbox, Soapbox was the baby. And then we acquired another company called Bushwick Kitchen that has another impact component where we fund charities that um, are part of the ethos of the brand. Uh, And then uh, we are readying the launch of another brand. So for us, I am just so incredibly excited for what the total amount of impact that we're gonna be able to do. And how we're going to be able to, through through everything that we need to do on a daily basis, through everyday items that you need to buy for yourself and for your family and for your loved ones, like how can we make that consumption simultaneously make the world a better place, make a more just place? That is what I'm super excited about. I know that's super vague. Uh, we have another brand. You're going to see soapbox in so many other stores in the next couple months, especially in 2021. Um, I think you actually might see some television ads, which is like like that <laughs> That to me is it's just crazy. And I, I think making the world, um, you know, as you said earlier, like in a constant effort to try to make a more perfect union, it's the same thing that we look at in terms of like there are a lot of social justice problems and a lot of social ills. How can the consumption of like natural shampoo or liquid hand soap or hand sanitizer, like how does that in a small way? help and be a part of the solution that's what i'm excited about
0: amazing man well thank you for taking the time i, I know you're busy and I, I think what what i'd like to do uh the whole reason i started this uh i have a another podcast that just started called uh investing in impact talking to uh social impact firms and and vcs and angel investors and people like yourself who are starting social impact brand portfolios because i think the finance side of all this is very very important just as we're seeing consumers change their habits i think we're starting to see investors do the same and i think that is going to be a massive massive plus for the industry that that we love so much and uh it's uh it's really it's really great to see and it's it's great to 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 see real capital that usually goes into traditional markets, come into the social impact space at a real level, man. And it's uh, it can really, really disrupt a, a lot of things and, you know, disrupt it in, in a good way. By disruption, I mean disrupt people out of poverty and, and get better education and, you know, health and hygiene, water. I mean, look, all these problems I think can be solved by both creating impactful companies and having investors understand that this is this is a real model for, you know, the next generation of humanity. Really, you know, that, that that's how I think capitalism lives on. I think that's how, you know, the business world lives on. And I think that's how we take the next step in in doing good and giving back is is not just charity. I think it's a blend of of business and philanthropy. So awesome! Congrats, man. Well, maybe we'll have you on that show one day to talk about that. <laughs> one day. One day. Give, okay. give us just a
1: couple more years.
0: <laughs> <A> couple more <laughs> years. It's a date. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. Good. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I really do, man. And enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, obviously, best of luck in, in 2020. And, and I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for for 2021 and all the new stuff.
1: Thanks, Grant. Thank you so much for having me on your show, man.